Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Alrighty. So are we on? All right, we're on here. All right, well, it's... Uh... It's, uh, I think we're going to move Appreciation uh, Sunday for Volunteers uh, probably to May, because <laughs> people won't be on vacation or away as much, but, you know, we needed to have our first one. We've, we've not really done one for a bit, and uh, we do appreciate everyone, um, for myself, uh, what, what the church does can't be done by one person, so I see it all the time, everyone behind the scenes, everyone in their different places working and doing everything that they do. And God designed it that way. And I want us to look at Ephesians. Uh, I don't think we can pull the scriptures up on the screen because um, we have had a technical challenge with the program that we use and they're not able to get it fixed uh, right now. So um, if you can just turn in your Bibles, um, we're going to look at Ephesians 4. And um, the cool thing about God is God designed us to be connected and to be working together, and he caused us so that we will grow when we do our parts connected together. And we see this in, the, in Ephesians. It says, Therefore I, a prisoner serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. So every person has got a calling. And that calling calls us to lead a life of giving, like Aaron had said. But that giving also gives back to us. That's the way God designed it in a body, in a family. It says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit binding yourselves together with peace for there is one body and one spirit just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future there is one lord one faith one baptism one god and father of all who is over all and in all and living through all however he has given each one of us a special gift or Another translation says a, a special grace through the generosity of Christ. And that is why the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and he gave gifts to his people. So when God, um, when he saved us, he gave us gifts. He put deposits in each one of us. And each person has got gifts. There isn't one person, you know, that, that, you know, you say, well, I don't have anything. You do. You have something that God has given you. Each of us have strengths and we have weaknesses. And that's why we need the body as well, because my strength helps you, but your strength helps me because I'm weak in areas. I need those around me that are strong in the areas where I'm weak and vice versa. We need the body. God designed it that way. And it says here, notice what it, that it says, he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors and teachers. And their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, his body. So he gave gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. So the, there's not just one gift. There's several gifts that are working. And all five of those gifts are given to be able to equip every person so that we can do his work. So God has a work for every single one of us. Every single one of you that are watching online, you've got a gift, a, a gift and a work that God wants you to do with that gift. And it says this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete 
standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown away by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And this is the verse I want to focus on. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Isn't that good? God designed it this way. I want to read that again. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its special work. So I have a special work that God's given me to do, but each one of you have a special work God has given you to do. Every part in the body works when it works together. It's like, and it makes it beautiful. Now, if I, my hand is, is a beautiful thing. Why? Because it's attached to my arm and it all works together. But how many know if I chop this finger off, put it on the table, it becomes ugly and it becomes useless. That's what happens when we're not connected to the body. When we say, I just want to be, I don't care about the rest of the body. I'm going to be this finger. And that's what I am. You know, there used to be this movement that was going on. And it was, you know, we're the body of Christ. And each individual would just say it as if they were the whole body. And it was like, no, you're a part of the body. Don't rant that like you're the only one. It's like God calls a multitude to get his work done. He never ever calls one person to be able to do something. Even Mother Teresa, we, we've highlighted her, and people that are aware of her, you know, she started a, a movement, took a vow of poverty, went and ministered to the poor. She started with that one, and it was her that began it, but she became an institution of nuns, thousands of nuns she raised up to go and do the same, and she, she millions and millions of dollars came through her hands to be able to establish and do what she did. It took many, many, many to do it. Every part, but yet it was one movement that God had instituted and called and that he wanted to happen. But each person doing their special work, it helps the other parts grow. And this is the part that I, 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 I've, I've noticed um, with this season that we went through with, with COVID and lockdown is, uh, um, you know, we, we've, we've not seen where our part maybe fits in or how is it fitting in again. And it's getting back into that place of, of movement again and doing that part and seeing where it is. It might be different, but it's still a part and it still works. And I, I've seen this um, very much through uh, the very beginning of the, the pandemic, the hidden parts of the body that nobody noticed were, became, were very, very, very important. All the tech guys, all the behind the scenes internet guys, all of the ones that, you know, for so long we didn't know about, they were like, they became these, like, we needed them desperately, and they became very, very, very important. And I want us to look at this in Corinthians because uh, it explains this pretty clearly. I love the Word of God because it just makes everything very clear. So I'm going to give you lots of scripture. Um, in 1 Corinthians 12, this is what it says. It says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. And so it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are Greeks, some are slaves, some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many parts, not just one part. If the foot says I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. Here he's starting to, first of all, he deals with comparison. 
And this is something that, that goes on all the time. It's culturally, it's just something that we, we deal with continually. And it's just comparison of, well, why am, am I not like this person? I mean, I guess I'm not that important because I'm not the foot. I'm a hand, right? And, he, and he's saying here, no, if God made you a foot, you're a foot. And that is a part of the body, and it's special. You might, maybe, you know, you don't see it like you need to see it, but the foot is important too. And um, so he's saying here, the comparison, it doesn't matter if you compare you're the part of the body, but you might not be the part you, you think you want to be, but you're, that, uh, you're the part he's made you. It says here, um, verse 16, and if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? So here he's starting to show us, look, every part needs to be doing what it's supposed to do in order for us to work right. And um, that's the other thing is a lot of times we want to reproduce ourselves and, and we, we need to understand God has diversity in the body and there's different parts and they do different things. And we need to learn to respect those, those different parts and honor them. It says, but our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. He sets each member in the body just as he pleases. I love that part. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. You know, we notice this today. Great example. Um, half our tech stuff was messed up today. It's behind the scenes stuff. We think it's insignificant. It's not going on. You know, you guys don't realize, but people are in here two hours before we get together to do all of that behind the scenes stuff that's going on. And we've seen, you know, a lot of times we'll just walk in and everything's running smooth and it's just, it's great. But the tech guys are like, you know, making sure everything is done right and, and, and in place. And, and today it was like, <clears throat> and I'm not saying that to put it, them down. I was right here with them. And it just, sometimes those things happen, but we notice it, right? Because it's, it's not able to do its part. And so everyone feels that. And then, um, so any of these hidden parts, so many times we, we don't realize the, the behind the scenes things that are going on. I remember one time I was at a resort, um, we were on holidays, and I'm up really early. So um, the beaches, they always looked so nice and clean, and, you know, they were very nice and always looked pristine and beautiful whenever we went out every day but I was up super early and uh, I went out and there was seaweed and all kinds of stuff all over the, the, the beach and there were guys out there raking it up and it was like you know 4 35 in the morning and um, they're just raking it up and, and you know but you know, when we went out there, it was like everything looked great, but if you weren't up early, you didn't realize that all of that was going on to be able to give you what you got. And so there's those behind-the-scenes things that um, it says here, and the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Amen? And so that's what I love about the body, is, um, you know, when you are in a, 
body where it's working and everything is functioning, it makes your life better because everyone around you makes you better. Because again, on your own, and I'll, I'll use it as this as an example, I need someone, I need a volunteer from the audience. All right, we got the new, we got a new mama here. I'm gonna hug her because she's in my circle. A little baby coming real, well, not real, real soon, but. So this is what we are as a body. We are, are as an individual in the body. We're just this single little stick. It's a little matchstick that we're using here. Now, on its own, the Bible says the devil looks around finding who he can devour, seeking that. So Carrie, Carrie's going to be the devil. I mean, cute devil, but... <laughs> <laughs> and so, what are you going to do with that little stick? <laughs> just, just, now, how easy, how easy was that? Okay, now, when God calls us, he calls us together, not individually. He calls us to do a work together. And in that work, as each part does its share, we are all connected. We're not off on our own. We are, every part is dependent on one another. That's the way God designed it. And that's the way that we are created. So, now, you got to deal with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See the cure for the devil. <laughs> Isn't this nice devil, the smiliest devil I've ever seen. <laughs> and so this is the way that God designed the body. This is how we become strong, is we stay connected. We stay doing that part that God has called each of us to do. And each of us have a part. You know, I'll use an example. I've got so many examples through life that Sheila and I have walked through and seen. Um, we went to a church once. We had to drive to a church because at this point, there, we couldn't find a church in the city we were in. So we literally drove an hour and 45 minutes to get to a church that we found that we just what was preaching the word was just strong in God and we were really connecting there and growing there. But when we went there, um, there was a morning service at 10 o'clock. And then in that, back in the day, this was way back, uh, I don't know how many years ago. Debbie, help me out. 1990. 1990, that's right. Yeah. So um, there was a morning service and an evening service. And we were going to get, if we drove that far, we were getting the whole deal. So we had our three Bambinos, and we would have to... Um, you know, lug them in the car early in the morning to be able to get there for church for, for, uh, for church at, at 10 o'clock. And then we would stay in restaurants and go to um, parks and stuff in the afternoon. And then we would go to the evening service at 6, and then we'd drive home. And so that was pretty tough. And we did that for about six months. And then eventually we moved down to the church. God had called us to, um, I sold my business, and we, we really felt we were to move there and be a part of that body and, uh, and go from there. Now, during that time, we weren't invited by anyone to come into their home or we didn't connect in a way that we were able to, you know, get any kind of support. Now, we could have said, well, what kind of church is that, you know? Never had us over. And weren't, uh. But you know what we did? We came to that body and we said, you know what? We know there's other people driving in, such as Deb and Daryl and their family. They were driving in from Hamilton to um, St. Catharines. We were driving from Aurelia to St. Catharines. Um, and they were driving it. We were noticed them when we were doing the, the, the trek. Um, but they weren't living there as well. So, you know, we just kind of crossed paths going to different places, parks and stuff. But when we moved there, we said, you know what? We're going to start a hospitality ministry. We're going to open our home, and we're going to see if there's any other homes that possibly would want to open up. 
and have people over. We're going we're gonna to teach them, if they don't know how, how to be able to do this. And you know what we ended up doing? Out of this church that, you know, we could have said no one invited us over, we found out there was three or four families every Sunday that were ready with a meal to have people over to host these families that were traveling in and that needed a place for the afternoon before the evening service. And that's how we met Deb and Daryl. And you know what? We never would have met them, and they never would have been a part of what we're doing here, probably, if that hadn't happened. There's things that happen when God connects the body and it starts working together. And so, in that area, God had a special work that we needed to do in that body to bring something that needed to be brought there. And so, that got things started, but then from there, it unfolded and it opened up things. But there are different things that God puts in each person. And sometimes, how many of you come into a place and you're like, well, how come they don't have this? Or how come they don't have this? And you know, a lot of times when you recognize something, it might be something God's getting you to do. I'm not saying every time. But in our case, it was for that, with, with that, with, with the church that we were, were going to go and be a part of. We saw that that area was weak. We, we had a strength in that area, and we could bring that strength. And it, and it fortified the weakness, and it brought that aspect into that body. And so each part, as it does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So there's two things you can look at. You can look at it and say, why, why this? Why, why is this? Why is this? Why is this? Or you can look at it another way and say, okay, God, what can I do to either help with this or what is it that you want done? Or you pray into that in a way that you're a part of that body and you're like, I want to see this body grow. This area is weak, but God, how can you bring this strength into this area? Because God, you want to do something that only you can do. You know, I'll highlight Kids Club. Um, uh, we, when we first started the church, one of the things that we, we knew that there was, there, there was not a lot of ministry to all of the low-income housing and, and those kids, and there they were not opportunity for them to come into churches. Only if you had cars, you know, you were able to get to these churches. And so Sheila had started um, one at one of the, the complexes, um, on a Sunday morning because we had a Sunday evening service. And, um, you know, she had got it going, but she was praying into that. It was like, God, there's got to be someone that, that's got this inside of them. But I'm going to get this going. But God, you can bring someone. And God brings Maddie onto the scene. And Maddie grew up in that whole system. And she understands it, and she has compassion and she has a heart to be able to minister and reach the kids that are facing all of these challenges. But God puts that grace in a person. We think, oh, anyone could do that. No, they can't. <laughs> yeah, and all the women are like huh, laughing because, yeah, it is. It's a supernatural gift that God gives a person. And you see that, and they, and they operate in that. But... But Maddie wouldn't be able to do that alone. There's a whole team around her. And now with COVID, it's been a little bit, it was crazy. We, you know, there was, the team was shrunk a bit, but now it's got to grow again because we got to be in a building and do it like we, we have done it. But it takes an entire team to be able to cause it to come about. Is Maddie the most important? No, Maddie's a part. She's the, the head but there's feet and there's hands. There's all kinds of things that are going on to make it work. But every part is important. And setup crew, it's coming in, you know, behind the scenes that no one sees. Um, the cleanup crew, like there's just so many aspects. But, but God sees that everything works together as one. That's the way he's designed things. And... Um, we're never going to get away from that. So we, let's ask God to help us to see 
what he sees and to see the parts where we could be a part and not just kind of think everything's just there it's like god what part do you want me to play in the picture that you're creating in your body because every one of us has a special work that god's called us to do in the midst another thing that um being a part of a family being connected um does is let's go to romans um 1 10 to 12 is the the greatest thing that we can do is we can encourage each other in our faith it's an exchange i was talking to a a, a young lady at the barbecue this past sunday and uh she's never been to church and um she i don't know how old she is um but her whole life she's never been to church uh she's watched us a bit online um, she's connected with another person who's in the church here but um and uh you know i asked like what's the biggest challenge and she says well i feel like i don't know enough about god she felt like um you know everyone else would know more and um you know i can see how we would think that and you could you could think that because it's intimidating to come into a place where all these people have walked with god for years and it's like wow they're so strong and then you come in and you're like <laughs> me don't know anything and it's like it can just be but i i turned it around and i said because and this scripture really really um brings it out is all of us are pursuing god together no one has it all and all of us on our, are on a pursuit to know god more whether you're at the very beginning and you don't know much or you are have learned a lot one thing you know when you've learned a lot about god you realize how much more you don't know about god it doesn't get um like you hit this cap it's like when i'm now in my life i realize even more so how i don't know god it's not less it's more because god is so great and when we discover him there's always more but it says in romans 1 10 to 12 it says this is paul speaking and he's wanting to come to the the church in rome and he says one of the things i always pray is for the uh, one of the things i always pray for is the opportunity god willing to come to you at last and see you because he was away from them he says for i long to visit you so i can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the lord so one of the things that each of each of us can do is we can give what god has given us and help someone else to get strong but and this is what paul is doing and paul was a spiritual leader in the church he wrote most of the the new testament books that we've been given so he's a strong leader but he says here and when we get together i want to encourage you in your faith but i also want to be encouraged by yours so there was this place of exchange how many have been in a, in, a, in a place or a service or a small group or in a meeting where a new Christian or a new person who's just discovering about God starts sharing and it's so exciting? And those that have been Christians for a long time, it's like a breath of fresh air. It's like that little puppy comes into the room, you know? You know, people don't get excited about an old dog, but a little puppy it's like they're just full of life and they're like and 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 so this is what it is there's an exchange that comes in and then what does the younger one receive they receive wisdom they receive guidance they receive um so much and there's this exchange between all parts and so this person that was intimidated you know about not knowing that much i encouraged them look we're all on a discovery and we're all exchanging something that God has given us. And you receive and we receive. You, you have something to give. Every person has something to give. Every person. Everyone has a special part because there is a call from God in every person. Whether you've discovered it and you know it, that's a whole other scenario. But, if, but it's there. God has called each and every person. And so as each part does its share it causes and helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body 
is healthy and growing and full of love. <clears throat> one, one thing my father-in-law taught me, um, he was a contractor, and I did some of some jobs with him uh, when I was first married. Um, I'd go out and do some, some, of the, some of his roofing or different types of jobs. And uh, he would always talk, and he, he, it made him so mad, some of these guys that were going through school, learning the trades, and they were learning it from the books, but they weren't learning it, apprenticing, and actually hands-on, and out there doing it hands-on. And he used to make them so angry because they'd come out there and they're like, no, my textbook said this is how we're supposed to do it. And he's like, grab a hammer and this is what you do. You know, and he'd like, look, I don't know what you learned in the textbook, but this is what works when we're on the, on the job. This is what works best. When you've got your hand at the plow, this is what we know is working. And this is what God said here. He was saying, look, as every part is doing its share, that's what causes the growth. Not when we have everybody there as the specialists looking from behind the glass. I hate this glass thing or whatever it is. I just feel like I'm separated. But it's like you're, it's like you're watching from behind this glass. And you're just like, yeah, you know what? No, no, you're not doing it that great. Yeah, well, that's great. You're sitting there in your rocking chair. Well, everyone else is working their behind me off, doing what they need to be doing, and actually hands-on making this work. And you know, part of making that work, I love this. This is what it says at the beginning of Ephesians. Let's read it again. I beg you, live a life worthy of your calling for which you have been called. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. So there's lots of allowances that have to be made while we're working together. <laughs> Amen? Leadership team, staff, <laughs> we make lots of allowances for one another. Why? Because in working together, you've got different people, different dynamics, different strengths, and you've got to learn how to make those allowances and work together. But you begin to see the bigger picture of what God's doing when you are apart, not looking from behind and being this expert with all this knowledge in your head. It's when you're doing the work. Everyone, and this is what I find, is a, we can Google everything, find every answer, and not do a thing. But that's what Google says. It's like there's some practical things that are just practical that when you do them, you gain common sense, you gain understanding. And this dynamic has to be a part of our lives as believers. God made it that way. He made it that we contribute, that we are a vital part. And that's what I want to um, um, end this with in the last verse that I'm going to bring out the importance of growing together in giving. In 2 Corinthians 9, let's look at that. It, verses 6 to 10. It says, it says this in verse 6. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Now, Paul's using this in the context of money. But it's, the Bible says, um, in another verse, it says, Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. Whatever a person sows, that they will also reap. So the law of sowing and reaping works for everything. So, I, we have to look at our life. What is my life giving? And what is my life receiving? And I give love. I sow love. I'll receive love. I sow hate. I get that back. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Unless that's, of course, canceled in the name of Jesus. Repentance comes. There's ways that that can be, be canceled and changed. 
But the normal course of life is whatever you sow, that you will reap. And Paul is saying here, look, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. So we always need to look at our lives in terms of what am I giving out? Because God's put things inside of me. How am I giving that out? Where are the opportunities for me to be able to do that? Like, where do I sow? We sow financially. You know, one thing that God had told us when we moved to Barrie, um, he said, you take care of my house, I'll take care of your house. We've always kept that as a priority. We've always put that in the forefront. And he's taken very good care of us all along the way. Because we've sown that, we can reap that. We've put that first. We've, we've, we've set that in, in place. Um, it says here, and God, verse 8, when we do this, it says, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So God's provision for us in when we are sowers is that he's continually giving back to us. Continually it's like a cycle. We sow, we reap. We sow, we reap. It's like that with gardening. You put a seed in the ground, the, the climate's right, you'll continually get something. In tropical places where they, they have a continual growing season, that's what they do. They reap, they take a portion of that seed, put it back in, and they just keep the whole cycle going. This is the way God designed it. But sometimes we just we stop a cycle. I remember the first time, uh, thinking of Michael and Jessica, they're getting married here on Saturday, and uh, it's going to be our first outdoor wedding. They're going to get married at a cottage on a lake, a small little wedding up there in Halliburton, so uh, it's going to be a, be a wonderful time, I know, with them, so leaving for good weather, but um, when Sheila and I first got married, we were 19, so... It's not like we had this huge house. Sheila married the dream. Okay, that's all she married. It was the dream. I had a dream. God says we're going to... So she just married this dream. And that's all we really had. So we had a Pinto, a car, a Ford Pinto. And <clears throat> I didn't have anything. And I was living with my parents down in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. And uh, all, I was down there with the snakes. I hate snakes, and I moved there. I was in Bible school in New York. My parents moved down to the States. I was living in Canada before I went to Bible school in New York. Then that year when I was in Bible school, my dad gets a job down in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. So I, of course, have to move down there with the family. I went for my first walk, because uh, I was going to go for a walk down the street. I do that, have prayer walks. And there's a snake that's literally run over that is the full length, width of the road. Okay, we're talking, not a little snake, we're talking. <laughs> so I went walking all the way back. <laughs> and needless to say, I didn't go for casual walks in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. And it was, but anyway, um, what happened was uh, I had to put this to the test because I didn't have a lot of money. And I, now I'm getting married, and I'm like, how am I going to do this? And God really challenged me. He challenged me with this, and he challenged me with the, the scripture in Malachi, where he said, test me and prove me in this. Bring to, to me the tithe and bring it to the storehouse, that there be food in my house. So I understood that principle, but then it was like, okay, i got to put this into practice. So I did that. And so then I began to just, because he says he'll open the windows of heaven over us. Now, we don't sometimes understand this because we're so used to, we can get it now and pay tomorrow. And then we just go and get it and we get it on debt. Thank God I didn't have a credit card and didn't have all of that. I just had to believe God. Well, I worked at a part-time job and here I have to get an apartment, I have to get a home, furnish it. For my bride that I'm going to get married to in a few months. But what, what happens? I bump into a doctor's wife. 
while I'm working at this place. And she's like, you know what? I'm so tired of all my furniture in my house and I'm just getting everything new. I'm like, well, <laughs> I need whatever you got left over, right? She said, you can have it all. It's an entire house of perfectly good furniture and drapes and everything. An entire house. And then God provides an apartment, which I, I, can't, I can get into all kinds of you know, stories about it, but the thing is I understood that principle. And there's no way I could have got those things. And you know what? I couldn't have afforded to tithe. I couldn't have. It made no sense. But it was a scriptural principle. I was coming in the covenant with God. It's my proof. God, I trust you. This is how I'm showing you. I'm giving you that. Oh, I could use it for a gazillion things. But I'm giving it to you. And you said you opened the windows heaven. I remember just before I'm flying out for, to marry my wife, I got laid off the week before I go to get married to her. So that was just <laughs> super encouraging. And so um, I'm like, okay, I've got to pay my rent before I leave for this apartment. I got my paycheck, and I'm, if I tithe, I was $50 short. And I have to fly out the next day. And I'm at church that Sunday, and I was like wrestling, and it's like, oh, I can pay it later. And it's like, no, the Bible says honor the Lord with the first fruits of all your increase. So I, I'm a literal person. I just take it literal. So I said, no, no, I'm going to do that. And I'll have to deal with the challenge with the rent if I have to. But I'm, I'm going to honor God first. So I gave, gave the tithe. knew I was going to be $50 short. And what happens? Someone comes up to me after service. I hadn't talked to anyone about this. I'm not sharing all this to, to the people I know. A lady comes up to me and says, God spoke to me and gave me, handed me some money. And it was the, what I needed for the rent. Why? Because when you're in covenant with God, you honor him, you give the way he wants you to give. And that's in every area. That's not just in finances. That's if he gives you an area where you're serving. You do it as unto him. And there's a reward that comes back from serving him. Amen? It's serving him and then serving others. The Bible says that we're to do everything that we do as unto the Lord, honoring him. Just think about it. If we all did everything as if we were doing it for the Lord himself, I think we would do things a little bit better than sometimes we do. We forget we're doing it as unto him. And so he says here, he says, Share freely and give generously to the, to the poor. And he says, your good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. So God is the one that supplies and increases you in every area. But one thing that we have to be careful that we don't do is that we don't eat our seed. And this is what a lot of people do. We had a, a man in the church that came one uh, back, I can't remember how many years. After 27 years, you stopped counting. Um, but it was back at least 15 years ago. Um, and he came in and he was struggling financially. And we as a church, you know, he got saved, he got God in his life, and he started putting God's principles in place, started honoring God, putting him first, and he, God really blessed him. And financially, he really increased. And I remember one Sunday, years on, as he was... Um, he, he, he was giving. He, it was a, a large amount he was giving. He said, oh, this is like, this is so hard to give. I said, but this is the first fruit of what God has given you, right? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, don't forget where you came from. Like, you, you gave, like, barely any of this. But now that God's increased you, you're finding it hard to give this. 
because it's a bigger amount. But you've got way more than you ever had. But see, the devil tries to get you to hold your seed for whatever reason and eat it. Use it. Use it somewhere other than where God can make it multiply and grow. Why do I say that storehouse? Where are you going to see a place where God can multiply a seed? The greatest place is through a church. Why? Because a body can do far more than an individual. Berry Food Bank. How many are aware of the Berry Food Bank in, in the city? Do you know that that was started by the churches of Berry? Way back, even before my time. But a bunch of churches realized there's needs that are being that need to be met in the city, and they were coming to the individual churches, and they're like, "There's got to be a better way we can do this." And they rallied together, and they created a food bank, and they created this place, and it has grown and expanded. Now it's not all run by churches. Now it's 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 done more than that, but it started there. Out of the cold was started by churches, and many churches met a need that not one individual church could do. But each individual church as well has got many things that it can do that individually we can't do, but together corporately we can do a whole lot more. Amen? And as God increases you, you bring that first fruit of increase. That increases everyone so that we can do more. So God's not saying give what you don't have. He's saying give what you have. If I've blessed you with this, give it so that it increases more. And then it says here, he is able to multiply and increase the seed that you've sown. So anything that we sow, God, we put it in the ground, God can multiply it. Amen? How many want to see God multiply that in your life? Why? Because we want to be able to be a blessing to, to those uh, in, in the days ahead as God um, opens things up and, and, and allows us to do more. There's so many things that God wants to do in the days ahead. I believe, you know, as we see restrictions and different things, God's not restricted. God has solutions. God has ways. And God wants to do more. Amen? So we're not in a place of holding back and we're like, where it's like, okay, God, what is it you want us to do now? What areas, you know, that why do youth basketball? We don't have a Christian basketball league in Barrie. It's a need. It's a need. And God's bringing that. But there's other needs in the city. There's other things God wants to begin to bring. And so the body will bring that. And I'm excited to see the days ahead, what he's going to do. But right now, I appreciate what God's doing in each person right now. Because this is our starting point, but it's only going to increase as God begins to just use us more and more and more. And so we want to take this time and this, this uh, time following the service to just appreciate every single person. And so if you're, if you're not volunteering, um, I don't like the word volunteering. I like the word people that are serving, because I don't volunteer for my family. It's like, honey, I'll volunteer to watch our kids. <laughs> She'd be like, <laughs> we're a family. We don't volunteer in a family. We serve one another. We serve one another. And so for all that are serving in all the di different areas, because it's, it goes beyond this church. I see with the men's, ladies, men's and ladies groups, I see with the youth, uh, you know, they do things outside of the whole church component, serving one another, helping others move, helping others with all kinds of different things. When you're in a body, everyone's connected, and you're, just, you're richer and you're fuller, and life is better. It, you're not going to find anything, no greater community than the church community. It's, God designed it in a way that it, it's bulletproof. It really is. And so get connected and just be a part and allow God to work in you so you're not that individual little 
stick that he can snap, be connected, that we become unbreakable by the enemy. Amen? And so let's pray, and I just want to bless, um, bless the church family, bless the body, and, and also just pray into the, the days that are ahead because they're exciting days. So God, we just, we thank you that you've called us. You've called each one of us and you've given us a special gift. You've put things inside of us, strengths and abilities um, that, that, that we can give, that you have put inside of us to give away. And so we thank you for those opportunities. You, you said you set each member in the body just as you please. So I thank you that as you set us in the body, that you also give us those opportunities to be able to give what you've put inside of us away. And that we can also be blessed by those around us that have so much to give. So we just thank you for continuing to connect us, binding us together, and causing us to be able to walk in all that you have called us to do as big church. And God, I also pray for us that as a body, that we would give our part to the, the greater city church and that what you're doing in the city and that what you're doing to build your kingdom in this city. Thank you, God, for our part that we can give to bless your church in this city, that we stand together with the body of Christ in this city. We bless all the churches that call upon you, Lord Jesus, that honor you and that know that salvation is through you alone. We stand with them. We bless them. And God, we say, let your kingdom come and let your will be done in Barry as it is in heaven. So God, I bless your body. I bless your people. Thank you for each part. Thank you for all that you have for us in the days ahead. We ask that you continue to just cause each of us to do our part so that your body can grow together and be healthy and strong and walk in your love. We just commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.